0: Welcome back everybody. You are listening to See Through Panel, a comic book discussion and review podcast. My name is Cole Harvey. I'm here with Fahed Raman. Hello. Today we're going to be doing something a little different. So we recorded two episodes in the last few weeks, both of which have been eaten by gremlins. So this will be the first of our uh, makeup recordings here. This is um, Beautiful Darkness by Fabian Velman and Carrascoet on art. Uh, we've recorded this probably... A, 40 minute recording nice long discussion um and it's been a few weeks since then so apologies if uh, we have trouble remembering anything or if we missed some stuff because we already did this once
1: (laughs) yes um and i'll give kind of a brief um explanation of what beautiful darkness is so beautiful darkness is a graphic novel it's the story the about uh people the size of fruit flies that are expelled from their home and thrust into the outside world uh, the novel tells the story of Aurora, a sweet girl who finds herself taking a leadership role in the community of tiny people. Uh, the story starts out with a whimsical tone, but rapidly devolves into a morbid narrative. Much of the plot r- revolves around Aurora. Small uh, segments of the story focus on size characters who serve to ent- emphasize the contrast between the daunting situation at hand and the playful way that the characters interact. Okay so I think that's um that's the kind of description from Wikipedia which I think's pretty accurate as to um what the story is really so I'm um, doing this was um one of your choices so do you want to explain again um how you came across the novel and why you've kind of chosen it to uh to be discussed
0: Yes so this was about a couple of years ago I found this book when I was looking through uh, really good European comics. I believe it's French. I'm not sure. Any of the Franco-Belgian comics, I was looking through those, and I saw this was pretty acclaimed, um, not known or talked about a lot in the States. But, um, yeah, I, I picked it up. I've read it It's probably three or four times now. Uh, I just loved it, so I thought maybe we could uh, record, and then luckily if I had enjoyed it as well.
1: Yeah, it was uh, – so I had actually read this – uh, a few years ago so it was nice mm-hmm. to get reacquainted with the story and i kind of i've read it long enough ago to, to where i'd actually forgotten a lot of what had happened in in the plot so it was kind of it was actually nice rediscovering uh you know the artwork and the characters and you know just the story itself as well really
0: yeah so this isn't either of our first time reading it but it's kind of new um, in terms of how long it's been since we read it. So I, uh, it felt like a first read for me because it had been, yeah, about a year and a half, two years since I'd read it. I guess I'll break into the plot. Initially going to do kind of a quick plot rundown. We are introduced to Aurora, our main character, as Fahed said, these small, I guess, fruit fly sized people, um, who are quickly ejected from their home that we discover is, um, a little girl a normal sized girl and they're all kind of coming out of her ears and her mouth. And she is um, dead on the ground and they are, they escape into the wilderness, the full size wilderness turns kind of into a survival more about human nature kind of, I'm not sure. It it seems to me it's about the horrors people can do when they're forced to live in a circumstance like this.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, I think, I think, when we was discussing it last time, I think the, the phrase we came across, it was kind of Lord of the flies by way of studio Ghibli, I think yeah. is kind of, there is a lot of whimsy and, um, it's, you know, it's kind of, I don't know if you've seen the old Moomin cartoons, but it's kind of, it's got that sort of like, you know, whimsical way. that a lot of the characters, uh, I- interact with each other, you know, contrasted with some absolutely, uh brutal actions as well it's kind of it's very much about these group of uh people trying to survive and some of the terrible decisions that they make in order to do so
0: yeah the it is horrifying in that way i wouldn't call it a horror book but it's it's horrifying in some of the things that you see or some of the things that you read very unsettling as a, on the whole um but it's also very beautiful to look at because um, Karaskowitz who is a partnership, I believe it's two people. The art in this book is incredible. It is watercolor most of the time with very bright, vivid colors and um, the, the small people are drawn in this cartoony style that really it clashes but, but blends in the same time just kind of working perfectly with this very, I would say, pretty realistic uh, watercolor style for the backgrounds and everything.
1: Yes, I think we uh, kind of discussed uh, the, you know, the the actual background and the kind of the forest and the trees and the, the buildings are illustrated in a very kind of realistic style, uh, whereas the characters themselves, kind of Aurora and Prince Hector, are, they, they look like cartoon characters that wouldn't be out of place in um, a Cartoon Network or a Nickelodeon show.
0: Yeah. And that kind of, that, that visually matches up with the tone and the themes of this, I think, because that's kind of how the story progresses as well as it starts out very innocent. And then before long, you're seeing things that are pretty brutal, pretty horrible. And that kind of, the tone of it changes. The, um, one of my favorite parts about the art is, uh, the animals, when they come into view, if this was a cartoony looking animal, it wouldn't have the same effect. But these are very hyper-realistic, very large compared to our characters, animals that seem like a real danger anytime they're on the page. And that's for me when I really notice the difference in style is when you have like a squirrel, but it looks terrifying because it's next to a, a, a girl the size of a fly.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, there, there, there's kind of, Uh, a lot of interesting interplay between kind of the real world animals and the kind of creatures that have, I say creatures, these um, tiny people that have kind of been exiled from, from uh, the, the girl's body in terms of kind of like there's scenes of a kind of birds swooping down and eating some of the little people. There's rats and squirrels and yeah all sorts of realistically um, drawn animals as compared to the uh, more cartoony characters there. So, yeah, so spoilers from here on out, you've been warned. So basically, you know, the the, the plot is around Aurora, you know, as she takes this leadership position and kind of the, the main relationships in, in, in the novel are between Aurora... Prince Hector and uh, this other character uh called Zili, and it's you know there's you know Aurora is this kind of so Aurora is actually the name of also the name of the girl that's uh, passed away. So early on in the story, see kind of they find a n- notebook with Aurora's name on it, and Aurora says, "Well, that's that's me," but it's also the the name of the little girl. So we're just kind of discussing in the previous episode, Mm -hmm. whether that's kind of, you know, whether the the different creatures are different elements of, of the, the, the girl's personality. So that, that, that's kind of something that we, we, we discussed earlier as well.
0: Yeah. I think that's still, I still hold on to that um, as kind of the main thrust for me now that we've talked about it is, yeah, our Aurora, our main character is kind of either a conglomeration of all the parts of the larger Aurora or is like the most um, personal and true part. I can't decide which would be the case, but yeah, we, you kind of have these characters broken up into what I assume is different aspects that make up a human being. And that really, once you start looking for that, it really changes up the story.
1: Yeah. It's kind of very, I've, we discussed this before. It's kind of reminiscent, even though this came out before that the movie did, but it's kind of very reminiscent of inside out where kind of you've got Mm -hmm. these different emotions represented by uh different characters so yeah it's it's very much kind of using you know physical manifestations of uh, different emotions and different character traits
0: yeah essentially the story progresses good thing we gave a spoiler warning it's about to i'm just going to go straight through it um Aurora takes a leadership position, begins helping everyone. Everyone's pretty much getting along at this point, giving out food and making shelters. And eventually there is a, one of the big changing factors that kind of makes life harder and makes people descend kind of quickly into this hostile mood is, I believe there's a cat or I think it's a cat comes and just destroys a lot of the living area, eats the food. Um, So it's even more desperate of a struggle now. And at this point, Um, I'm just flipping through the book and I realized at this point already, we have the large, the large little girl with the black hair who eats the smaller one. Yeah. Uh, That happens way earlier than I had thought. So people get hungry and um, one of the characters just tosses her friend in her mouth and swallows her, which is probably the first awful thing I think to happen.
1: And I think it's really representative of the, the tone of, of of the of the novel because it is, it's it's a horrific thing that happens. Uh, it's a terrible thing that happens, but it's treated kind of like whimsically in a way. It's kind of like this: Oh, well, that was that was a bit of a naughty thing you did there, <laughs> rather than kind of like oh, that's absolutely horrific. So yeah, that was. Um, I think that is a perfect scene that encapsulate kind of the tone of the novel. It's not a horror story, but there's this kind of creeping sense of dread that permeates through the entire story
0: yeah that's definitely where it first hits it's it's very unsettling it's not it's not something like junji ito style that'll make you turn your head away from the page and be horrified but it's it's very unsettling and then it kind of slowly starts to build and that feeling gets stronger and stronger and um by the end of the thing it is it's kind of a draining book in my opinion because it's just so awful but yeah, it's very playful <laughs> at the beginning, at least, especially with the, the girl eating the other girl. She just says... Uh, the other one's like, what did you just do? And she just says, want to play? I'm pregnant. And then they start p- pretending like the the girl they just ate is like a baby in her stomach. Yeah. Uh, so it's That's... mighty uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> yeah, very, very, very uncomfortable. The dialogue in, in the book is really tight, I, th- I felt, kind of me you know for a, a, a translated work i think the translator did a s- superb job of kind of keeping the the tone right because i can i can imagine you know, when, that f- the french have got a particular sense of humor and a particular way of u- uh, looking at things so i'm i'm just thinking you know in the how this would have read in the, the native uh, french so it's you know that's another thing i think we, i don't think we really talked about in in the previous discussion that we had
0: no we didn't really mention dialogue and that's a good point because the dialogue in this is very very nice it's very um it's held back there's not a ton in my opinion um and it's beautifully it's all, lettered
1: it's really beautifully yeah. lettered. yeah
0: i like the way it, just kind of an aside uh a lot of european comics in general have um Like the rectangular speech bubbles and everything looks a little bit more, a little bit less computer generated than, you know, if you're picking up like a DC comic and it's all looks the same. And um, the lettering is very nice. And the dialogue um, is it's it's short. It's snappy. And it kind of there's enough of it where you get everything, but just not too much in terms of like if you want to be unsettled by something, you don't want it to be like reading two paragraphs about how horrible it was in the dialogue.
1: Yeah, the, the the visuals do most of the heavy lifting. Exactly. Um, it's, it's interesting, kind of what you mentioned about the um, square speech bubbles and stuff like that. Kind of lettering, I think, is a very underrated, you know, art. I think. I think it's uh, something that it's harmless as an art thought, uh, afterthought. Sometimes I, I feel um, oh, yeah. there's a really great uh, YouTube channel um, called Strip panel naked um and he you know it's run by a guy that's a letterer by trade he he actually lettered uh that horror comic that we did a few episodes back black stars above yeah black stars above yeah yeah. so he he runs a really excellent youtube channel that kind of looks at lettering and how panels are composed and how that kind of affects the flow of, of the story and he's he very much talks about how uh, people think they can just go into like Photoshop and, you know, just place down, you know, a dialogue box without kind of thinking about, you know, actually you need to think about placement, shape, how much um, kerning and stuff like that you put between the letters and space between lines and, you know, making sure that you're not um, overshadowing the text, um, uh, overshadowing the images as well. And I think this book does that very, very well. It kind of, there's a lot of kind of it gives, you know, the lettering that is there gives, gives enough space for the uh, images to kind of breathe, really.
0: Yeah, definitely, especially with art like this, with the very lush backgrounds and everything. Um, any, any mistake on the lettering would cover up something in terms of there's always something on the page to be looking at. And you want to be kind of spare with the space you use in the lettering. And I think they do that super well. Um, not to mention just that the dialogue makes it pretty short.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing is that the characters faces are all super expressive, so you don't really need that, that much text to kind of get an idea of what they're thinking or feeling or trying to hide from each other.
0: Yeah. That's the good thing about the cartoony style on the characters is that you can do these kind of over the top expressions. Whereas if everything was drawn in this hyper-realistic style, the background is, um, they'd be a little more held back, I think. So with the cartoony characters, it really makes it easy to tell what they're thinking.
1: Yeah. So th- I think we should kind of run through quickly the, the main So We've got Aurora. Uh, we've got Plim. So I'm just reading off the, 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 the Wikipedia page for this, and I think it's they've got quite apt descriptions of the characters. So Aurora is the protagonist. Plym is Aurora's cold-hearted friend. Hector is yeah. uh Aurora the, the object of Aurora's affection. Zeely is the manipulative main antagonist. Uh, Jane is a mysterious woman who li- who lives in the forest. Timothy is Aurora's one-eyed friend. Rat is rat <laughs> and um uh they, they say the man in the stories, they they, they describe him as a giant uh so okay. i think that's quite an interesting choice of words there. it's not it's not a, a way that i'd thought about the story before kind of like yeah you did the, the you know these tiny characters are living in a land of giants so that's, that's kind of gives interesting... it a fairy tale
0: kind yes of like. yeah that's yeah interesting i guess i guess yeah that kind of changes how i'm reading the ending but yeah like, i think that is most of the main characters the rest of them are there's a lot of i think Maybe they're not unnamed, but relatively unnamed side characters that you see yeah. get horrific things to, done to them. But that's most of the main cast.
1: Yeah. So I think we kind of talked about uh, a bit about before, kind of how much well, how despicable some of these characters are. So I was like, Prince Hector, I just think is utterly awful. Um, he's just this foppish, uh, you know, ineffectual you know, he's supposed to be Prince. He's supposed to be kind of taking care of his people and leading and stuff like that. But he's just, he's very, he's more concerned about you know, how, you know, how comfortable he is and how um, good he's supposed to be looking. And, um, the, the manipulative zealot, who's just awful gaslighting, um, mean girl, uh, type character, uh, as well. So, and through the course of the story, kind of, uh, zealy manages to through manipulation and kind of negging and belittling and bullying and cajoling uh the other characters manages to gain control of the community
0: yeah i mean yeah zealy is pretty much the most awful character in this i want to go back to hector because he said ineffectual which i think is probably the best word to describe hector he's the kind of guy that um will just be lazing around and say he's going to go do something super helpful for the group and then come back three minutes later and just kind of, you know, say it couldn't be done or say he tried his best. He just he'll say he'll do something and then he'll he'll give it one percent of his effort and then he'll stop. And that's essentially what he does for the entire book. And it is annoying. (laughs) It's
1: very, very annoying until uh, Zili asks, what does Zili ask him to do that kind of gets him? killed in the end he has to try and rescue
0: i think he gets eaten by a frog because he's rescuing like a a ribbon it's yeah it's a little um it's a ribbon that falls into this little pool of water and he needs to go get it and he paddles out there on a leaf and then gets eaten by a toad and that's the end of hector
1: yeah and that's the end of hector there are some i'm just yeah i'm just going through the, the the book again now and there's you know scenes of them Eating, eating a rat. There's scenes of, uh, I think for me, the most uh, horrific, horrifying scene in there is when they uh, bury Timothy alive. Yeah. Um, because like zelie's kind of sees Timothy as this like, deformed mutant creature that, you know, doesn't deserve to be uh, part of the community. And they, you know, he just, passively accepts his fate and just gets inside the bag and is buried alive and yeah you know, at the time he's looking after a baby and kind of they yeah you know, everyone just leaves the baby alone and obviously we don't see the baby's face but I think we can it's kind of inferred that the that the baby passes away as well.
0: Yeah, left alone by itself. Yeah, that is definitely the worst uh part of the book in terms of kind of a subtler horror it's yeah the being buried alive thing isn't as bad as the fact that timothy just kind of lays down and takes it and doesn't say a word
1: Yeah, um very yeah it's very i don't know kind of it's a it's a fascinating decision for uh the writers to take there and i'm just kind of i'm trying to you know reading it again i'm trying to figure out what they're trying to what they're trying to get at with that in terms of what what part of aurora that represents
0: i don't know i think it's the i i always saw timothy as um when they are exposed for for i guess being disfigured they have one eye um uh i think they kind of think all of the bad things that they say i think timothy thinks that about themselves so when they offer this like escape route essentially i think timothy just takes it which made it even more depressing for me but that's how i kind of looked at it yeah, um, which is yeah. awful, but uh, one of the most graphically horrifying—maybe not not nearly as mentally horrifying as the Timothy part was earlier on. When um, there's these set of I think originally they're triplets, or is they just twins, um, and they're copying each other all the time. And one of them goes up to a bird's nest and pretends to be a baby bird to get food from the mother while the mother's feeding. Oh yes, and. <laughs> It is the bird just kind of jams its beak down the little twin's throat, and then it's his mouth is just kind of like this gaping red hole, and that is like that's like only the second thing that happens besides the woman eating the other girl like I talked yeah. about earlier. That's the second bad thing, and that was a that escalated very quickly, yes, I remember yeah. that all the time.
1: There's a lot of humor in the book. We kind of talked a lot about the kind of horrific aspect, but this. There's some quite funny and witty witty moments uh, as well. I found that bit quite funny, kind of, you know, he's just got his mouth open and he's kind of yeah. cooling down, calling down to his siblings saying, oh, that, you know, that was a bit unpleasant. And uh, I'm trying to think what other, you know, kind of the way Hector kind of generally behaves with his kind of troop of um, sycophants, I found that quite amusing as well. They're kind of like rah, rah, rah ring around him. A lot, and he's just kind of posing there and taking. Yeah, it's just I found that that quite humorous as well.
0: Yeah, Hector has a funny moment. I think he says he's going to hunt, and he starts kind of hacking down blades of grass with his sword as he walks. And then there's a panel skip, and it's he's like twenty feet ahead. He's like, "All right, let's take a break."
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of very much indicative of his uh, his uh, character arc, really.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Gets nothing done and just looks like an ass the whole time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Looking busy doing nothing. So um, kind of looking at the conclusion of the book uh, what happens towards the end is Aurora's kind of basically had enough of the, the group that and she just died. You know what? Sack you lot. I'm, I'm going to go live live with my mate Jane in, in, the, in the giant's house. Uh, I don't want to help you guys anymore. You've kind of rejected me time and time again, and I think it'd, you know be better if I'm by myself. And she, you know, she basically gets followed into the um, into the into the shack by Zeli and, and the rest of the group, and that's where kind of the, the final confrontation of the story takes place and we'll kind of we won't do complete spoilers because we would like you to kind of discover uh what happens in the end for yourself but that is i think it's, it's a beautifully plotted and beautifully paced book is kind of it's a very smooth read there wasn't any places where the the tempo sagged or it was uh difficult to read so it's, yeah
0: yeah i would agree one of the biggest things in this book is the pacing it it reads very quickly um and it's also very uh it entices you to do a reread i think
1: how many pages is it it's kind of i think we discussed this last time it's 94 94 pages and it just it does just fly by oh yeah and i think part of that is the panel composition part of that is due to the fact that there's i wouldn't say sparsely dialogued but the dialogue doesn't take a lot of um uh space up on the page
0: yeah it's very quick
1: dialogue and because you know the characters have got quite big expressions and they're easy to read it's it's kind of very uh simple to tell what's you know what's going on in terms of the the action he does action the 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 artists do action really really well There's you know a few good action set pieces in here in, in in the book as well i'm kind of um thinking about you know kind of aurora um kind of uh, oh God, well, i don't want to give spoilers for that bit but aurora you know the, uh, aurora gets into a scrap with with one of the woodland animals and that's kind of quite beautifully uh illustrated you know the scenes with um the robin as well that's kind of yeah. beautifully illustrated as well so they're able you know the the artists um, responsible were able to kind of do everything from the small intimate moments to kind of like, I want not say there's any big action set pieces, but the kind of the more actiony bits as well.
0: Yeah. I think a big part of what makes the book so fast, like you said, is just the, the legibility, the readability of the panels. You can glance quickly at any panel without reading the dialogue and understand what's happening to it. And the, the pages are, are, the panels are set up in a way that uh, reads so quickly and so fluidly that for a 94 page book, a 94 page graphic novel doesn't take long to read anyway, but this reads faster than any other graphic novel of this size that I've read just because unless you really take a moment to look at all the details of the art, which you should, it is, yeah, you just breeze right through it because everything's just so easy to see. You don't have to stare at it to see what the characters are thinking because of their cartoony expressions um, there's nothing hidden everything is kind of out in the open and that really brings the pace of the book up to another level that i feel like all of this kind of promotes a reread in my mind because you can read it so quickly but there's so much more to yeah it.
1: there's kind of a lot of depth there's you know, i'm just looking at the panels now and there's one section i think it starts on the copy that i've got uh 48 um where a big aurora giant aurora is sleeping on the floor and she kind of wakes up and then it's i think it's the is that cannibal baby that's kind of like screaming and waking up so it kind of makes you think was that another aspect of aurora inside there as well so yes it's kind of like re-noticing things that are going on in the book as well that is very nice i hadn't noticed that yeah so it's it's definitely one that kind of uh, rewards rereading uh uh time and time again it's it's I, I think that for me this is you know when people talk you know when we was talking last time about kind of the list of like the great great graphic novels i, I don't see many of those lists kind of mentioning this one and i really do think it deserves to be be beyond those lists it's a really remarkable achievement I mean truly the kind of the, the the marrying of the art with this really difficult to manage tone I mean I yeah. can't remember, there's not many other kind of stories where it's got this tone and it kind of like walks this knife edge between whimsy and uh terror and character development it's just yeah it's just fantastic
0: yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I think something like this is kind of the perfect package. And there's not, I'm just scanning my bookshelves here. There's really nothing to compare it to.
1: Yeah, at we, all. I, I was, I, I, we had, you know, when we were discussing it last time, kind of, what, if there's another movie or TV show t- to make a comparison to this. And it's just like, I can't really think of anything. I really no,
0: can't. No, no, there's really not because. I don't know if this tone could be pulled off in a lot of other mediums because um, visually, if you were to do something like this in a movie, I think it would veer to straight horror because of the um, things that take place in it. And you couldn't really capture that whimsical tone um, because that also comes a lot from the drawing. I, I really think this is kind of a type of story that can only be told in this medium.
1: It's, it's the top of this story... I think could only be told as effectively as it is told in this medium. I don't think, yeah. you know, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think if it was an animation or a live action or a poem or whatever else, you know, you know, whatever other medium you want to come up with, that it'd be as affecting as it is in this, in this format.
0: Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, and it would be, it would be a bit short, I feel like too, because of the pace of this, Um, Pace is so different in in comics than it is in any other medium that if you page for page animated this, I feel like it would be 20 minutes long.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think I can can imagine some of the sequence being lengthened. I'm particularly thinking of the the marriage between Hector and Zeely. I can imagine that being a far longer sequence in the animation. Um, And maybe some of the stuff about we haven't talked about the man in the woods either kind of um it's it's never said that the girl's been murdered but i think we when we, we was discussing it before we both assumed that the girl had been murdered and it kind of we both assumed that the man um in the woods was responsible but you know like i said last time the creator's Said, well, there's nowhere in the text that says that's that's what's happened. There's nowhere in the text that says that she's been murdered. And then there's kind of no marks on the body.
0: Yeah, completely unharmed looking. And yeah, I mean, it's open to interpretation. That's probably the easiest. That's what I jumped to when I first read it. But um, it's really, yeah, it's open. And the man in the woods is kind of the mystery element.
1: Yes, kind of just one of those things when you see kind of a dead girl man in the woods, your mind automatically makes assumptions yeah which is um uh, perhaps why that kind of the, the presumption of innocence exists in the legal systems so yeah
0: i mean i don't have a ton more to say i think yeah. it is sublime it is uh one of my favorite graphic novels that i own in terms of uh you could hand this to anyone and they could read
1: it within an hour and be yeah perhaps not younger away. readers um, no, 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 definitely not younger readers. Uh, but yeah, you could pretty much hand it to anyone over kind of like, what would you? Who would you say kind of the youngest person you'd recommend this to? So I'd I'd say maybe fourteen.
0: Yeah, it's not yeah. too horrific. It's not like there's not, not a gory. bunch of gore. Yeah, yeah it's not gory. Yeah, and there's no like sexual violence or anything too over the top.
1: Um, and there's no swearing. Else, no, so, yeah. which is actually an interesting point.
0: But yeah, I I would say like teenager um but i think it is an adult book in terms of the the themes and the tone of it um you made me laugh when you were saying that for younger readers because i looked at the front cover and i was like that that could be a kid's book and then i flipped it around and it's the girl's legs with a bunch of flies all over them (laughs) and that's how you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 exactly (laughs) yeah um yes this is yeah again I, i kind of just echoing what you're saying very very highly recommended i I don't want to say it's um it's got a wikipedia page so obviously people have read it and has been noticed but i think a lot you know i think it deserves a much wider readership than perhaps it has
0: yeah i think over here in the states it should be in the conversations of when you're talking about um just graphic novels
1: yeah I think, I mean, it does say on the Wikipedia page it was nom- it, it did receive an Eisner Award nomination in 2015. A nomination? Yeah, so it's... What beat it? I have I, no idea.
0: I can't imagine what beat this, especially... At least the Eisners recognized it. That's very good. Yeah. Sometimes they'll miss European comics and things that aren't as close to home.
1: Okay, so it was a best US edition of international material. So that's a bit of a weird category um that's a very odd category
0: <laughs> i guess that's just for when they printed it in english then that's not yeah oh is this 2015 yeah
1: 2015
0: it was beaten by black sad amarillo okay
1: fair enough it's <laughs> it beaten by yeah okay black sad is is a, a, again a very different graphic novel but again uh absolutely excellent we probably should do black sad at some point I freaking love Black Sad. Yeah, we should probably do Black Sad at some point. Yeah, okay, that's. I can't say that's a terrible graphic novel, but yeah.
0: No, uh, I wouldn't say that either one is better than the other, but they're both yeah. fantastic. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, so uh, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, guys, that's a, a high recommendation oh, yeah. from me. Same for me.
0: Um, I do want to say uh i didn't have my thoughts as in order as i would have liked because this is the second recording so if i kind of skimmed some stuff and it was a little rougher than usual i apologize for that yeah
1: um the other thing i think we mentioned in the previous recording is that the book might be slightly difficult to get hold of in the united oh, yeah. states so yeah i'm I'm not too sure i think that obviously digital version is going to be easy to get hold of but i think um on amazon i think there's only a few copies left so yeah something to keep in mind
0: i had forgotten about that that is unfortunate
1: hopefully yeah.
0: it'll get a reprint or something but yeah
1: yeah please um, reprint it it's great great graphic novel
0: i think our next one is going to be um nottingham and side quest
1: yes nottingham N- side quest yeah so we'll, we'll be uh, uh reviewing that in the next episode yeah
0: All right. See you then, guys. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks. Thanks, guys.